Dropping the hammer. No, you're not. It was the All-Star Race. Who cares? Speaking, uh, of, speaking of, I'm glad we cut it now. I didn't get a whole hour and a half in. Like, oh, it wasn't recording. That's fine. Um, I've welcome had, to Dropping the Hammer with Dale McFadden. I'm Dale McFadden. With me as always, or, you know, every other week, is the Indianapolis correspondent, John Lovett. Here's a little inside baseball for you. Um, we just were talking for about 10 minutes before Daniel said, oh, I didn't press the record button. Uh, top quality uh, NASCAR podcasting here. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. No, I used to do a podcast too back in the day, and that happened to me uh, more than once. It happened. happened to me last month. I was interviewing Austin Cendrick. I had like 10, 15 minutes of good material for Austin Cendrick. Didn't hit record. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you tell him or you just recorded? Yeah, then... I told No, I, I, I told him, yeah. I, I forgot to record. Oh no! Oh, anyway. Anyways, <laughs> we'll call uh, that we the. We were just uh, talking. We, now midst, we had, now what, every time this happens, now we have to call it the Austin Syndrome moment. It's not his fault, but you know. Okay. I mean, um, I guess I guess it's kind of fitting, given that we were talking about everything that happened in the NASCAR race. So the All Star. Yes, race. NASCAR All Star race. Ryan Blaney won twice. Um, <laughs> NASCAR threw a bad caution uh we hey we didn't even get to the window net part so they, they self-admittedly threw a bad caution yeah, which is what we're talking okay. about as as admitted by scott miller scott miller vice president competition said they premature they likely prematurely th- threw a caution wish they hadn't done that but they did it which set up and this like i said this is the part we didn't actually get into in the last 10 minutes the ryan blaney window net situation uh so I, I sent you a screenshot via text earlier of Ryan Blaney's window net mm-hmm. uh, during under green flag of the final two lap shootout to decide the All Star race. This today was the first time I'd, I'd actually seen a clear shot of that window net. I don't know if you'd seen one, seen it yet. No, no. I'm looking back on my phone right now, and like it's. It's obviously not in all the way, and it's not secured all the way. Like, like the, only thing missing, the only thing missing from that jury rig is duct tape. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it. And you know, and it's not Blaney's fault. Like he was put in an impossible yeah. situation. Yeah, like, and th- this is what we were discussing right before we were recording. Was like this trend of special races with special rules in NASCAR, where teams drivers, crew chiefs, whatever, aren't familiar with the rules. Like what happened with Bristol Dirt when rain was in the area and the rain could potentially be called, the, the race could potentially be called. Uh, who, who scored in the leader? We don't know. Um, and thankfully, that race went back to green. And thankfully, in this case, NASCAR judged by... I don't know, whatever evidence it had at the time. Oh, yeah, the Blaney, his, his window net secured. Was that well, because, like, I mean, what's NASCAR already knew it screwed up given the yellow. Yeah. And as, as I saw on Twitter, you know, people who were listening to Blaney's radio, like his pit crew is just telling him, just make them black flag you. Like, what's, like, what's NASCAR going to do? Like, like, obviously, 
the 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 window net issue is a safety issue and it's, yeah. it really sucks that blaney had to do that yeah to get that race win um it's not his fault <laughs> um it could have happened to denny hamlin if he was the leader it probably would have happened it would have happened to anyone um and so i mean what's nascar going to do in that situation like they can't black flag the guy that they prematurely took his victory away from like they yeah. but at the same time like thank like, goodness there thank goodness there wasn't an accident that you know yeah oh yeah i mean didn't that was Denny Hamlin's main, like, main sticking point. Like, he he said, like, I almost wrecked Blaney coming off of turn two, on, on that per, that restart. Yeah, it was really close contact. I remember, I remember that moment of the race on the restart. Yeah. Denny, Denny Hamlin said, "If you mess up and you break a rule, not intentionally, but there's rules, and we have rules in place for safety. It's unfortunate for him, very, very unfortunate for him. But it's the rule. You have to play by the rules." Um, Which I get. And again, like, he came in second place, and you know, I. And, and, and the video that you showed me, you know, Blaney admitted as much as well. It's like, you know, look, I mean, I would be as angry and upset and probably saying the same thing that he would say yeah. um, in, the, in that situation. And, and again, like, we're not talking about like, you know, failing post-race inspection where something's off by like, you know, a fraction of an inch. Like it's a major safety issue. And I, yeah. I totally get um, drivers being upset about it. What, what happened earlier in the race? Uh, Kyle Busch loses, uh, cuts a tire, going through the travel. Chastain, Russ Chastain comes up behind him, boom, right, plows into him, and Chastain gets airborne, and I don't know how close tires were to Kyle Busch's cockpit window, but, I mean, that's, that was a very, very spectacular violent wreck. Yeah, exactly, or, you know, what if Chastain's car just flips, you know, (laughs) I mean, and then he's going driver side upside down toward the inside wall where cars are still on track going almost full speed. Like, mm. I mean, yeah, just like you said, you know, in this own race, we have an instance of drivers having, you know, dangerous situations involving their safety net. Um, and it just puts Ryan Blaine in this impossible situation. And, you know, thank goodness it all worked out just fine. He won the race, um, you know, because, and, and there was no, you know, incidents or anything that would have given any rise to any sort of safety issues. But, you know, it, like NASCAR screwed up. It could have been much worse, much, much worse. I, I can't imagine the uproar if like Hamlin or Austin, because Austin Sendrick had a good run coming up to in that restart too. Like imagine if like Austin Sendrick got it. And, mm-hmm. and then, and then, and then that's, and like, look, it's just an all-star race. Like we shouldn't be talking about this. Yeah. Like <laughs> there, there, there's a more important race in four days from now like we're recording this on tuesday two two days after uh the else race i'd rather be talking about the, the possibilities of what the coke 600 could be um rather than a race that meant nothing other than ryan blaney getting a million dollars yeah um and but, but like you said before when we were supposedly recording the first time <laughs> um like uh, outside of the incident with uh kyle bush and chastain and, and elliot and this ending there's really not much to talk about. No, it, we, we were 200 so feet or 200 feet or so from this being just a completely unnumberable us race. This race got the lowest rating on Jeff Gluck's good race poll ever. Really? Yeah. Ever? Yeah. Out of all the years, he's up, well, I didn't see the approval rating. What was it? I. Here, you keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, what, one thing that stuck out to me is like, Toby Christie pointed us out. Scott 11%, Miller, 11%. 11%. Scott like, Miller. That's like about, that's like the Rotten Tomatoes score for that new Firestarter movie. Like, so. Oh, really? Oh, God. 
Um, Scott Miller was asked at, at the NASCAR holler by media members. Uh, like I think he was actually asked by Bob. Was there any consideration to just having NASCAR bring Ryan down to the pit road, fix his window net, just give him the spot back? You you put him in the situation, right? Um, and Scott Miller said there was some speculation about that, but then he said it would have been out of character for us to do that. And Toby Christie pointed this out. Really? This is the same NASCAR that in 2000, I believe the 2001 All-Star Race, the 2001 Winston, as the field took the first green flag and dove into turn one, it started raining. And a good chunk of the field crashed. Mm -hmm. And what did NASCAR do? They let everyone who crashed go to their backup cars. And one of the cars who wrecked, Jeff Gordon, won. So, (laughs) uh... Yeah, I don't see what's the problem with bringing Brian Blaney down the pit road, fixing the window net because of a caution that NASCAR should created from its own trigger happiness. Send him back out. I agree. I agree with you. And again, we were saying this before we thought we were recording the first time. You know, usually, like, everyone immediately knew how messed up the situation was, even the broadcast booth. Um, because... And even in bad races, the broadcast booth will kind of go out of its way to kind of amp up drama just for the sake of, of the of the broadcast, which that's the second half of the season. <laughs> so um, but um, but even 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 Boyer and everybody in the booth was saying, like, hey, like this, like this is messed up. NASCAR is at fault here. Blaney through no fault of his own, through a reasonable assumption, assumed he won, let him come down and fix it and give him his spot back. Just bring yeah. bring everyone even even don't even just bring Blaney down pit road. Bring everyone down pit road. Line them up single file. Let Blaney put his thing up, and then let them all go back out. Like I don't, but I, I like this is the first I, time this has happened. Like there there being this coming to the checkered flag caution. Yeah. Like that's not embedded in anyone's racing DNA that this no. rule exists. No, so it, it's. <laughs> Like, and it's I, just, and again, it's all just, it's, it's all anyone. just for an all-star race. No, it, it's all just for an all-star race. It's all just for show. And like, I, I get why NASCAR for a race like this, want to have different policies and rules to amp up drama uh, because it's, it's just for fun. It's for the fans. I get it. Um, but it, it seems you could see a way in the future to where that kind of rule where the race has to end under green bites it in the butt, even worse than what it is now. You could see where that, like, it could has, lead has, to. Has NASCAR ever been labeled as a f- forward-thinking sanctioning body? <laughs> no, um, at least not necessarily for a long time. And again, did you read the article that Danny Hamlin uh, was in from the Sports Business Journal? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's really good. Um, check it out if you haven't uh, and he, done ha- so. Hamlin's the guest on the Dale Jr. Download this week. Very oh, really? timely appointment good uh i can't wait that i think that's probably dropping like right now or but it's pretty soon um, but the point of that article was um basically denny hamlin going to nascar and basically telling nascar like look our business model is old and our partners our 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 partner our partners who sponsor our race cars don't like this model can we change this and Mm. he's not he's been saying this for years but you know and it's not just like nascar is not the only one any sort of big multi-billion dollar entity that is used to making lots of money a certain way is stuck in their habits um that's not this isn't specific to nascar 
specific mm-hmm. to across the board. Because um, if, if it's not if it's not broke, why fix it, right? Um, but it is interesting. Oh, that... I would say it, it's definitely broke when within the last five years, a team that won the championship had to close down. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Um, and we've seen, especially, you know, speaking of Texas, you know, we've seen complaints from drivers, not just in NASCAR, but also IndyCar, that that track specifically has done a poor job promoting races over the last several years, where basically they will take their sanctioning fees and they will take their fees uh, to host these races and then just kind of open the door and whoever shows up, shows up. Um, and well, that, it, that's, that, that's the problem. The tracks get the majority of the TV money. Yes. It, I believe it's 60 five percent um it's a the lot te- the teams only get 25 percent, and that, of that 20 percent, cup teams are getting the lion's share yes uh like truck teams are like dropping the bucket oh for um, sure which definitely definitely needs to change like just look at what the purse money is yeah the for purse truck money. series yeah truck series races it's just abysmal yes um so that probably when it comes to okay two two important things when it comes to the next tv deal uh nascar needs to wrest some more some control from the networks when it comes to when these races are being run um that needs to and also how many what what networks the channels that the races are being run we're we're about to we just had a four-week run of races on fox sports one and every week ratings was bad news mm-hmm. meanwhile before that pretty much every week when the races are on fox good news oh this is this is our highest rating for uh this race in three years okay <laughs> and now we're like oh no this was down from last year down down from last year hey but hey at least the coke 600 is gonna be on fox but after that it's back to fs1 so nascar needs to get more control when it comes I to agree. when and what networks races are held on and teams need to get more money so they can oh for sure so and and what really stinks is and again this isn't specific nascar either but like how little leverage drivers have mm. how little leverage drivers have to um initiate and because if you know in any sort of business if you've got the money bags you control the levers of power and how many nascar drivers actually have sponsors that they have themselves not with the teams like i know i know kurt bush has monster i know yeah. truex has bash pro shop mm. like who else who else uh like does, does, does denny hamill have fedex or is that no, joe that, that is a joe gibbs i would, I would assume as much that's a joe gibbs thing like, uh, like bubba, bubba, be- bubba wallace pretty much all of his he's got uh columbia yeah he brings his dr own. pepper yes um mcdonald's as well mm-hmm. so yeah, he he brings his own he's got like, more than one and he, never very very few drivers can yes say they more than one. yes but that's um, i think i think suarez has coke and he has com, he has comscope which was used to be Eris, which is sponsored with his sponsor back oh, in that, the, that, uh, that was that, that was it Eris. yeah okay, I didn't yeah, know. yeah yeah okay. yeah that was just a new branding but like it's the same company just a different name okay. it's been with suarez okay. but like let's see how let's see how like it's not like automatic we have to think about it beyond a couple drivers like that no. that shows that show like I, I i know that like in nascar it's kind of like like driver contracts and sponsorship deals are just not talked about um maybe oh, if it's they... talked about but it's in vague terms oh yes it's it's a multi-year deal yes like, but you know can you can you just can you just say how many 
Like there's yeah, no like like transparency gives you more leverage. It's the same in like a normal office situation. Like if 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 people in an in an ordinary office setting, if they all know how much each other makes, you can see who the boss is screwing, and then everybody can then get on the same page. Like it's like you know what I, you know what I mean. Like not to, not to get on like my workers' rights union like kick here, but like you see what I'm saying. Like um, if 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 it was a bit more transparent, um, you'd have a bit more leverage, and you know, and even. <laughs> And it's just it's just an old way of doing business. Like I know he's not a NASCAR anymore, but Chip Ganassi like refuses to talk about um, drivers' contracts. He was asked about um, his status with Jimmy Johnson, and he immediately said like I don't talk about contracts. But like yeah, but is, is he coming back next year? Like just that he would he would he would he would he would hesitate. He was he, excuse me. He was hesitating to even answer that question. Like hey, is Jimmy coming back next year? And all he said was uh, we are on the same page. We are in agreement about what the next step should be. Like bro, like. Yeah. It's there's no, there's, there's no, I understand that like you want to like save face for negotiations and stuff, but like it's not that deep. It really isn't. Yeah, like when it comes to like NASCAR versus other sports, what what one positive about NASCAR? There's no draft. There's 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 no like regular like free agency. There's no recruiting. It's like I I'm all on board with that. I don't want to have to spend my off season talking about like. Oh, Who's gonna get picked in the NASCAR draft? Yo, oh what God. if the, what if there was NASCAR drafting and like NASCAR trading? I'd, like I'd quit. I'd quit. Like, like I, teams, I like, like <laughs> teams could just trade drivers halfway through. Like, who would be the most like valuable trade? The asset? only time that that's ever actually like that I could think of where that's kind of sort of happened was in '96, uh, where Jeremy Mayfield and John Andretti like. Oh yeah! Flipped, yeah, flipped, yeah, just flipped. Like three quarters of the way through the season, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, who would be like the most like valuable like trade asset? Not in terms of like most valuable driver, but like it'd have to be like Chastain, would it not? That's an interesting you mean question. Just up, you mean just upside? Yeah, just upside. Like it'd be Chastain, would it not? I mean, that, Maybe that, 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 that that's a great. No, yeah, Chastain or Reddick. That that's, yeah. Chastain has the wins now, but. Reddick has Xfinity titles. Yeah. So it's makes you think now now <laughs> you're entertaining it now. You're not just writing it off. Um, speaking but, of the I, here's a trivia question for you, Mr. Movie Man. Um, so Jeff Gluck, the poll was 11 percent positive. What has a higher percentage of uh, what has a higher approval rating? <laughs> the Rotten Tomato score for Batman and Robin or the All-Star Race Jeff Gluck poll? <laughs> Serious this, this is now going to be a weekly feature, isn't it? This is going to be <laughs> maybe, maybe I find a random. I just pull out a random movie out of my butt. I like this. Like, I like, like this. I do like Batman this. Batman and Robin, man. I'm I'm using the critic score, not the audience score, which has a higher yeah. rating. The, the 2022 All Star Racer, Batman and Robin, 11. percent Batman and Robin has a higher, <laughs> higher. I won. 12. <laughs> percent 12 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Good on you, Joel Schumacher. You did better than the 2022 All-Star Race. Nice to meet you, Batman. Oh, it's so good. I, I haven't watched that movie in years. I need to go back and watch it just to play a drink. Batman Forever is the best Burton era Batman movie. Fight me. Yeah, but it, Joe, T Tim Burton didn't do it. He, he was technically a producer. Oh, oh, oh! No, Batman and Batman Returns is I think, better I think, than either. Oh, 
are, are we saying are you are you saying the first one with Jack Nicholson is not as good as Batman Forever? I'd rather watch Batman Forever. Oh no, no, Jack, no, no. I, I would, I would, I would disagree on that one. Jack Nicholson is so good in that movie, crushes it. Never rub another man's rhubarb. Anyways, um, g- g- give yeah. me, Jim, give me Jim Carrey as Riddler. I, I, oh, I just, I mean, riddle probably, me this, riddle me that. He probably, I mean, he saves that movie just because he just chews the scenery up or whenever he's in the film. Um, like he's the only interesting thing to watch in that movie. Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face is not interesting to watch? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I haven't seen either of these movies. I haven't seen Batman Robin or Batman Forever in, in years. Uh, I, I need to perhaps a rewatch is in order, but we're getting off topic. We'll do this. I do like this idea, though. Yeah. Compare the Gluck poll with a random a random movie on Rotten Tomatoes. I do like that idea. Um, where, where, where were we? <laughs> yeah, where were So, like, what else is there to really talk about? I guess, like, in terms of just driver performances, hats off to Daniel Suarez. Got the last open spot, started way back yeah. in the back, finished fifth. He was as high as third as one point. Um, really raced his way through the oh, field. We were, oh, we were talking about, oh, right, comparing NASCAR to other sports, think things I don't like. Uh, the fact that every other sport is more open yeah. about contract links, money, and the only way we find out any of that in NASCAR is if somebody gets sued and we get court yes. documents. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only way we find out. That's in fury but hey they're independent contractors who like it, it's like the the the, seek, the adamant secrecy around it is just aggravating like, right and, and again it's not just like that in nascar like indycar is the same way like when simon pagino won the indy 500 in 2019 he was just given a multi-year extension and that was all that was said it's like okay well how much I was like, is it just is it just two? Is it three? And so I just I just assumed that 2021 was going to be his last year. And then they they just you know the broadcasters would would just say, oh, he's in his final year of his contract. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'm finding out that contract length two years after the fact. So it just seems to be you know across the board thing for auto racing. Um, I mean, I have a question. Okay, does NASCAR need an all star race? I guess no, no. I mean, I guess no sport no, needs. Like, an, I guess no, no sport form, needs an all-star in race. In current but. form, no, absolutely not. This this thing has aged. When you look back at the '90s or early 2000s, when this event was at its most, its peak was fun to watch. Um, it everything that made it special is now a regular, every day, every week thing. Stages double file restarts it's green green white checkered finishes this all that stuff came started with the all-star race and now it's just every race okay uh back then you only got race winners in it wasn't oh if you if you made the playoffs you're in if you if you got a pole you're in uh it was the same thing that happened to the clash they just they had to get every person in that could possibly draw on a rating and you could ascribe a lot of that to oh we got to get Dan Patrick in we got to get Dell on her junior in because he hasn't won in 3 years um well i mean from a business perspective i get it i mean but to your point i guess I asked this because even back in when I was a little kid and I first got into NASCAR, I never watched the all-star race then. This was the first all-star race I've ever watched that I can at least recall watching. 
that at least that I can recall watching from start to finish. I just, because it's always around like Indy 500 qualifying time. It's always around the month of May. And like that, like, that's my thing. Like I've got blinders on, I've got blinders, I've got blinders on, everything else is kind of in the background. Um, And I just, I just don't really like NASCAR just goes on the back burner, especially an all-star race. So this is the first year I actually, that I can recall watching it start to finish. Um, Wait, you didn't even watch it when it was at Bristol? Was that the, oh, was that, they had the lights under the cards, right? And chasing yeah. that. Yes, yeah. okay, yep, see? But like, that just shows you, like, right there, it shows you, like, how how much of a non-factor it is okay. for me. Um, so, right. it's, so to my knowledge, it's my second All-Star race that I've watched. Um, and when, but, I, when, I, when, I, when I was coming of age in the late 90s, one of the excitement things for the All-Star race was what paint schemes are they going to bring out? This this is going to be, this going to be good, right? Because it, <laughs> What like, a said, world. And, but that was at a time when the majority of the field had the same paint scheme every single week. Yes. And now we get different paint schemes on pretty much every car every other week. So in my, in my, in my mind, the throwback weekend has replaced the all-star race when it comes to what paint scheme they're bringing out. Right. Um, so like, but that was such a huge thing when Dale Arnhart brought out that, that silver, Goodrich car in 95 and started that like oh boy and then <laughs> for the next six years or so it's like what, what's the Winston paint scheme going to be like but, but also so, this was also that was a time when like the sponsorship dollars were just flooding the sport yeah. and you could you could have the same sponsor every week yes every yeah. year I mean exactly. now I mean now it's just that's that's the exception not the rule so I guess I guess the paint scheme bonanza is kind of a byproduct of that so um but like like, but my point is like everything that made the all-star race special 20 years ago is now the norm yeah that's happened that's happened in other sports i mean the aba back in the 70s had the three-point line and that was considered a gimmick and then eventually the nba was like oh and like the aba started the dunk contest for their all-star weekend and then the the nba was like oh well yeah they're doing this this is much better so um but but if you're gonna I, I understand where you're coming from but like just go back to the basics with this thing um like the format was like the, the one part of the format was at, after stage two or three whoever has the fastest pit stop uh gets to start in the front four for the final stage uh and I, from my understanding a lot of people just thought that was whoever gets off pit road first but no, it was it who has the fastest pit stop. But that was Joey Logano, and he was not one of the first few guys off. And so he restarted fourth, and he he finished in the top five or whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's too convoluted. If you need infographics, if you need a slideshow presentation to explain how this race is conducted, you've gone too far. Or the weird pre-race thing where everybody came out of like saloon doors and. I mean, I I just saw clips. I just I didn't catch the pre race because I never watched pre race Fox or Fox or NBC. I just don't watch pre race. Um, the clips I saw on Twitter looked very cringy to me. It was just like, it's... no, cringy is the people who weren't doing anything when they came to the doors. They just walked through. It's like, hey, what's up? But, but AJ Elmendinger comes comes out like, Woo! I'm glad to be here. Um, and then Ross Chastain's like, uh team like acted like i guess they were trying like, pretending to throw them out of a saloon i guess maybe so at least they got creative with it 
Um, but just the all-star race should not be held at Texas Motor Speedway. No. The I mean, worst any, any, track on the even, circuit. No, you can't. They, no one could pass the leader. And, like, it was obvious watching. And then whenever a driver was interviewed about it after they came out of the care center, you know, they were asking, well, how, how's the track up there? I think it was Larson specifically said, it like, what, three times. Three times it was like, I can't pass. And he was in second. He was no, right in second or third. Larson said, this is Kyle Busch's race of the lose. And then, and then the tire. seconds later, seconds later, he, Bush loses his tire and gets plowed into by, Lar- by Chastain. Why are, um, tire, why are tires going down such a thing all of a sudden? Uh, I know that like I know that's like a part of the sport, but like tire, uh, they're 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 pushing limits on the PSIs on the on the okay. left front tires, okay. and Good Goodyear has their recommendation at twenty two psi, and they're just going beyond it. And okay. It's, oh, and like so the, it's a so it's a it's a it's a you know articulated like conscious decision on parts of the teams to disregard Goodyear's. Okay, it's, so, it's, so it's not structural it's just, with the it's tire. It's just a recommendation, John. It's, so it's not the Goodyear tire. It's just a calculated risk these teams and, are doing that's biting them in the butt, Yeah. right? Okay. This is, this, this is what each week Goodyear Racing sends out an email with all the specifications. They have a, they have a, they have a newsletter? Can I subscribe? I could forward it to you. <laughs> but no, they, for, they, yeah, they, for this week, forward it to me. I'd like to see it. They, have, they, they send out an email each week with, with the recommended PSI levels for each tire. They give the details about this tire was used at this track and this track and whatever. And they have a section called Storyline. And this is how they start this section this week. They are not messing around right now. In quotations, recommended is more than a recommendation. Goodyear bases, bases its minimum air pressure recommendations on its decades of experience in NASCAR racing. NASCAR racing. An aggressive on-track testing program, computer modeling, and simulation, and observations made week-to-week at NASCAR weekends. The minimum recommended pressure on the left rear corner of the cup car for this weekend's race at Charlotte Motor Speedway is 22 PSI. While it is listed as recommended, it is much more than that. It is a database number that speaks more to what the tire requires to operate. As has been discussed before, the rear of the next-gen cup car sees higher loads than on the previous generation car, in addition to camber and shock settings. Running the proper <laughs> air pressure in the tighter is vital. <laughs> Running below you... Goodyear's recommended pressures causes the sidewall of the tire to over-deflect, causing damage early in a run that may result in air loss later in a run. I feel like as you read that, I should have played like a country twang to it because it sounded lo- over it because it sounded like you're doing like a Goodyear like racing t- tire racing commercial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, like like or like or like you know how like like it's, I think it's Goodyear, Goodyear. Like, <laughs> or like there's the like it's always the Ford commercial. They're like, are you a man? Do you like to eat big and shit bigger? Okay, we did. We did. Then. Buy a Ford F-150 because you're a man. <laughs> These recommendations aren't just recommendations. These are tested and approved through years of hard work and labor and toughness and grit. The ability to disregard, if you disregard any of these tough recommendations, you're in for a world of hurt, buddy. Let me tell you what. It's vital. You rec- you follow the recommendations of Goodyear. Goodyear Tire. All that's missing from this is... um. Like Clint Eastwood. Do you feel lucky, punk? 
Or like a <laughs> well, do you? <laughs> or like a, or like a crappy Chris Stapleton song in the background. I just can't. Um, no, no, no. It's like, do you feel do you do you feel lucky, crew chief? <laughs> do you? You feel lucky. Go ahead, time. make uh, my day. Follow <laughs> the PSI recommendations. <laughs> um. Here's 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 what I thought. Like halfway during this race, halfway through the race, I was like, I have a better idea. What if we just gave drivers and teams like a week off? Like especially this year because they have it's almost like every what? week they have a race to be at. They, they have one, one week there's off. One week off. One week From off. February to February to November, they have one week off. Why not just mm. give them two? Like you like you said earlier, like the prize money this week. Yeah, you're making the dollar signs, but like the prize money this for this year's race is the same prize money they were giving out in the '90s. It's 30 years yeah. and it hasn't got any bigger. Like I know a million dollars is a million dollars, but like come on <laughs> like like why not just you know, D- denny hamlin said this last last weekend at kansas speedway's like it's been like that way for 30 years we need to refresh that and like i i don't know what a million dollars in 1992 is equal to now uh but it's, it's got to be sig- significantly more so well i mean how much did how much did uh century get for one in daytona this year we we don't know. We all we know is the total purse for the race. We we don't know how much he actually got for winning. Okay, so, so I just went to inflationcalculator.com. A million dollars in 1990 is equivalent to 2.2 million now. So it's double. So it should be double. So what was a million dollars in 1990, a million dollars now is like half. But, but that too in terms, of, in terms of in terms of yeah, purchasing power that, another thing that made that thing special that's now the norm like yeah. that that much money is what you're typically winning every week um if you want to make this very special go back to basics double the purse uh and hold it at a short track what about something like this i mean short track would be a great idea um I, you know, I, I thought if, if I can recall, I think I remember liking the Bristol one. I don't know why it necessarily moved, but again, like I said, the all-star race has always just kind of been a, a second thing for me. So secondary yeah. thing for me, but why not do something like this? And I'm just going to borrow an idea that IndyCar's doing. IndyCar right now, they, they don't have an all-star race, but they have like an in-season challenge. Mm-hmm. Are you aware, are you aware of this? Um, if you are the first driver to win on a road course, a street course and an oval, you, you get a million dollars i think half a million goes to the driver another half a million goes to the driver a charity of the driver's choice something like that but why not make it why not do something like in season like that you mean like the triple truck challenge that they have in the truck series similar or the the dash for cash in the expanded series that that the cup had this they had it yeah, yeah, the it, was, noble, it was yeah the it was winston called noble the, winston, the winston million and then the noble challenge in the early 2000s they okay, had it. so so why not bring something like that back where you're still doing, you're still incentivizing drivers to compete for a higher cash prize in a certain way, but you're not just cutting out an entire week of your schedule to do it. Why not strain out over the whole year and maybe make it, you know, the first to win on a super speedway, short track and intermediate track gets it or something, something like that. I, I don't know what this, I, I didn't think too much about the specifics, but like just something like that, where it's like an in-season challenge instead of just like an all-star race all-star race that I'm seems not, more compelling that I, seems more I, compelling to me I, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it because the 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 once a million was a yearly thing that drummed up it excitement was, no it was fun then, then that transitioned into no bull and that i don't know how i don't remember how long noble lasted i don't either um, but i know it was a couple it was for it was a couple years and it was it, in like it was the 98, late 90s 98 to i think 
at least 2000 i want to say probably like that yeah um, I, mean, I wonder i wonder if they just stopped it because of the laws that changed about the way that cigarette companies could advertise well yeah stuff. that would have been oh oh three because that's that's when winston just like stopped and then we got next tell yeah um so but no I, i'd be completely open to that um like that just seems like a, an actual like good the sport the broadcasters the teams drivers fans everybody it seemed like a much more productive way of getting yeah. drivers to compete in a certain way for a particular kind of prize all right yeah all right so uh, yeah i've ran out of things to say about a race that didn't count how about you <laughs> yeah i mean i've never really given much thought to the all-star race if it if they do it next year again please not texas and it's and, like they well, okay oh, yeah. well, marcus, marcus smith went on marcus smith went on sirius yes. xm radio yesterday and said People complained that it was in Charlotte, and then now they're just complaining that we should send it back to Charlotte. Like, no, no one's like any. If anyone's complaining about it going back to Charlotte, it's it's maybe people in the teams because they want a week to be home with their family, which I I get. Yeah, that's totally reason. No, no one. This race should not be on a intermediate track. No, it no it it it. <laughs> Brian Blaney with the tacked on points or not tacked, tacked on laps. From the caution led the final 84 laps for this race. <laughs> he was going to win by three seconds. Yeah, if you if you win the restart, you win the race. That's how it was. You couldn't like you could everyone, pass everyone hoped that with the next gen car that maybe that could fix something because the, the races at Auto Club, the race at Vegas was were great. The race at Kansas, for my money even with all the weird stuff with the tires um, was the most unpredictable and riveting Kansas race. Yeah. It's not the in car. my memory. I don't know if you, you got the chance to actually go back and watch it because you were at no. a concert. Yeah. I was seeing the who, but no, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to see the Kansas race, but you know, from you and everyone else that I saw on Twitter, like they were just raving about how much they really enjoyed that race, but you know, it's not the car. Like, like, like you said, like other tracks where there was a big question mark, the car succeeded. It's not the car, it's the track. And oh, yeah. honestly, this track is no good for IndyCar now either because of the PJ1 well, compound they put down. Well, I mean, th 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 that race early this year wasn't... It was there, was a, than... there was a last lap pass for, for the lead. <laughs> That's true. It, it was This year's IndyCar Texas race was better than what it's been for the last couple of years, but it's nowhere near what it used to be. The Indy, I, I would have loved to have gone... Like that was my second favorite IndyCar race was the Texas race. Oh, and now it's like... Oh, tw 20... 20... 14 through 16 awesome. oh my god yeah like Great and then show. two two things happened yes they they reconfigured the track they did the, or three things they reconfigured the track they had the pg1 but indycar did change something it changed yeah to they changed do their, their package kit. yeah because it wasn't just texas that suffered after that the the indy 500 itself became less exciting we, we weren't getting like a pass for the lead if like every time oh right because the, pre the previous indycar chassis was like <laughs> the engineers were like uh how much downforce do you want the driver said all of it like here you go so um that's why you could just see passing left and right because the downforce on those cars were just through the 2000 the third 2013 indy 500 that tony Kanaan won was unbelievable oh yeah or even 2014 with hunter ray and Cassie yes and I, was, I was there that was my and, that was my first indy 500 that was incredible it was an incredible race yeah and, and then 2015 with uh will power and one one toy just the passing was just always but then phenomenal 
So, but I mean, if you, I guess, if you're, if you're, I guess we're, I guess we're in the Indy 500 segment. So, yeah, let's talk so, about so, so, Mr. Indianapolis correspondent for dropping the hammer, <laughs> John Lafayette, what, what is, what's the vibe in Indianapolis right now going into Jimmy Johnson's first Indianapolis? <laughs> I knew you're going to sneak that in. Um, the, so, I saw on Twitter where uh, Doug Bowles, the president of Speedway, said that for this year's race, they are only 20,000 tickets below where they were for 2016. And that was the 100th running, and it mm-hmm. sold out. Not just grandstands, but infield. Sold out. Um, it's going to be packed. Uh, there is a lot of excitement for this race. Um, I think in part just because uh, you know fans haven't been allowed at capacity for the last two years. 2020 was no fans. Last year was just uh, grandstands, no infield. Um, so the snake pit's back. All the pre-race infield festivities are back. That's part of it as well. But also just IndyCar the last couple of years has been kind of wide open. 2020 notwithstanding because of COVID. Um, it's been kind of wide open. Um, so, and also just the fact that, you know, it's Indy 500. <laughs> so it's the greatest race in the world. I don't care what anyone says. Um, this will be my 25th race. So my first one was 1990. 90, what year? 90... 97. I was eight years old. Who, who won 90s? Ari, Ari Leyendijk. They didn't get okay. the race in until Tuesday because it rained Sunday and Monday. So. Oh, okay. That was the only time I've been where they haven't gotten the race in on Sunday. So either weather delays or not. So um, although, like I said earlier, the weather is going to be about well, this, this, and sunny. Depending on what I'm doing Sunday, because I'm going to visit a friend this weekend. Um, this could be the first time I actually just get to like, sit and watch like an indy 500 and not no wait no i sat and watched it last year that, that's that's where i'm that's where so yeah I, I, I just watched it last year this is so so the thing about this race is so at the beginning of the season like penske was on a tear scott mclaughlin wins he wins the first two races um joseph newgarden first two? Wins. the first two i think penske, penske's won the first they won three races this year yeah go back yeah, did, did he, I don't know if he won the first two. I think he, it was McLaughlin. He was about to win Texas. It was, it was McLaughlin then and then Newgarden and then McLaughlin again, I think. Either way, McLaughlin's got two wins. Um, gosh dang it. Now you, now you got me second question. Who, second who won the Indy myself. Road Course? That was... The Indy Road Course was Colton Herta. He won it in the rank. Okay, all right. I, 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 which, oh, Newgarden's won two races. I'm sorry, Newgarden's won two races. crazy is like I was at um, Kansas for, for that race and like I'm seeing tweets about this race is insane i was there it was but awesome I, the only highlight i've seen the only one i, sh- I should have gone out of my way and watched it I, re- I i told myself i should have but the only one i the only highlight i've seen was colton Herta's save yeah just tokyo that's, drifting that, that's the only thing i've seen from that race yo I, there was there were a couple instances so i sat in oval turn one like the last portion of the road course where they come up onto the main part of the straightaway i saw so many cars just spin all the way through turn one they just they just went off the main part of the road course they spun all the way through turn one back on the main part of the track uh Ray hall had an incredible save i that race was, that was i've never seen an any any race in the rain before and that was incredible well, every, <laughs> it was every, so much fun from all the tw- everything i saw on twitter that day it's like they're they're currently having nascar's coda race from last year that, yeah. that is what that is what's happening right yeah now. <laughs> it was it was an incredible race i don't like that race more than anything just really shows you how talented you know these drivers are because they were because of the aero screen a lot of them were saying like they couldn't even see <laughs> they couldn't see um could you, could you do a windshield wiper drivers have 
advocated for as much. Simon Pagano said, we need windshield wipers. Um, why not? You got engineers and people, go figure it out, figure out a way to do it. Um, why not? Um, but yes, Joseph Newgarden's won two races. McLaughlin, Newgarden, Newgarden, Pottawa Ward won in Barber, and then Colton Herta won the road course race. Um, but like, it's pretty much just been, that's, that's four wins for Chevy, just one win for Honda. And Penske teams just came out of the gate looking like they were just ready to own this season. And then they show up for Indy um, and they're, they're fast in race trim, but then qualifying, they just tanked. Uh, Newgarden is the best starting Penske car and he starts 14th. Scott McLaughlin, wow. start, Scott McLaughlin starts 26th. I'm sorry, Will Power is in the top 12. He starts 11th, but either, no Penske car starts in the top 10. Um, it's mostly, it's mostly Honda and Dixon's on the pole and, <laughs> and, and he's sucked for the first part of the year. Yes. He's not. Yeah. He's having like a Denny Hamlin season where you expect him to come in. <laughs> you expect him to come in because of the name of the pedigree and the team and he's not yeah. been good, but all of Chip Ganassi, all five of their drivers made the fast 12, all five of their drivers are not just in, in, in race trip, but also in qualifying. They were awesome um Dixon Polo Erickson Kanan and Jimmy Johnson and honestly I wouldn't be shocked if any one of those five won my 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 brain says Scott Dixon he's won the pole this is his fifth pole he's only won that race once <laughs> the last time he did it was 2008 um but he was my favorite to win in, he was my favorite to win in 2020 um he got uh he was the victim of a of a of a late caution he was saving his fuel to pass Sato later on in the end of the race and there was that big crash that destroyed the pit attenuator which is why they had to end the race under caution and then last year he started on the pole and he just got stuck with um i don't know if starting the pole or not either way he had he was like the car to beat he was the favorite um and he got caught on uh in the pits under a caution and went down a lap and spent the rest of his race trying to get his lap back so he's he scott dixon is the best indy car driver of his generation he, he should have more than one Indy 500 win. He should have probably two or three at this juncture. And the fact he's only won one, despite his dominance elsewhere in the series, really speaks to how difficult this race is to win. Um, I don't see how... And, and what's what's different about Scott Dixon this year is he says he's going to change his strategy. So what with this new chassis, the Indy 500 basically is a fuel-saving race. And if you're out front, you're just burning fuel. Well, that, so, uh, you, oh, so you want to... Fuel-saving race. I've, I've, that, 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 oh, God, that's, that's a turnoff. I, I, I know, but, <laughs> but, you know, um, you, what you want to be for the first part of the race is back in second or third, stay in the toe of the guy ahead of you, save some fuel, yeah. have, have faster pit stops. Dixon's done that the last several years with the best car in the field and it's bit him in the ass. So like on the broadcast, he said, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm tired of saving fuel. I'm not saving fuel at this race ever again. I want to lead every lap. I want to grab the bull by the horns and be in control. There's just something that's changed about the way that he's approaching this how, race. Okay, it just, uh, here, hey, I think, I think, how old is Scott Dixon? What, what's his age? I mean, he's one of the older drivers in the yeah, field. I, I know um, he's been doing this since 01. He is Scott Dixon. He, oh, okay. He is going to be 42 this year. He was born in 1980. He'll be 42 in July. So I, that's probably like, he knows it. He knows the end is closer. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's probably it. Like I, I got to go. Like, yeah, I, that's probably it. Yeah, and 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 honestly, and we've seen 
instances where th that strategy worked out. That's how Simon Pagina won the race in 2019. Because in 2018, he said, I had the best car. I came in six because we played the fuel strategy game and I got too far back in traffic. I couldn't pass. So when he got in the pole in 2019, he told his team, his engineers, I'm not saving fuel. <laughs> I'm not saving fuel. And he led like 130 laps in that race. Um, now, near the end of the race, about about 60 to go, he did secede the lead to Joseph Newgarden for a while to save a little bit of fuel because he needed to. Um, he also got lucky with a late lap with a late race caution where he could save some fuel under caution with some yellow flags. So you do need some luck to, to, to do that strategy, but Pagano got lucky. You need a perfect day. He had a perfect day. Dixon's going to need a perfect day, but like the last two years, it's been his race to lose. It just seems like third time's a charm here. My money's on Dixon. Um, again, my heart says Pagano, but he's way back in 16th. All right, he started, so he started 26 last year and came in third. He can get through the field, but it just it seems like Dixon's race to lose. It really does. Or any of those Chip Ganassi cars. What about the Jimmy Johnson of it all? He starts 12th. He had the best <laughs> yes. four lap average Sunday, Sunday morning, I believe. Yes, yes, uh, during during early morning practice. Um, and even um on Saturday, he had during practice on Saturday, he had some good four lap averages. He should be starting better than 12th. Just on his first qualifying lap, he got loose and won, had to save it back off the gas, and that killed his run. Mm -hmm. um, his first lap was a 229, and then his third lap was a 232, almost 233. So, like, that, like he he wheeled the hell out of that thing to, to save it. Um, so he should I think, be starting. I think, I think I've said it on this podcast. Like, this whole thing just wants me to know what Jimmy Johnson would have done in the IRL. Oh, I know. That's just <laughs> yeah, all the ovals at the IRL ran. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he is an incredibly popular driver here. You go, like the only die cast you can buy, like physically on the shelves here is Elliot Castroneves or Jimmy Johnson. That is it. Um, I've seen a couple Those are the only two drivers who've ever broken out who can say they've broken out of the bubble that is right. IndyCar. So yep. yeah. Um, and I just, I saw when I was there on the first day of qualifying on Saturday, I saw one gentleman head to toe and like Jimmy Johnson, 48 Lowe's stuff, buying Jimmy Johnson, 48 Carvana stuff. <laughs> like um, he was like, he was just like emptying his bank account, buying as much Jimmy Johnson stuff as he could. Um, and when he, both days when he was introduced to qualify, you know, the fans were really, really cheering for him. Um, and I'm cheering for, like, it's a great story. I would love to see and then 500 day 2500 win he'd only be the third to ever do it um and the other two and the first one to do it this way yes 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 not going to nascar secondary yeah i mean and look he's good on ovals he finished sixth at texas yeah. and every time he's on a road course or a street course it's a whole different he's always back in the back just because it's a whole different way of driving that he's not well, used he, to he wasn't exceptional on road courses in nascar right um he didn't i don't think he won at sonoma i think he got a win at Watkins Glen, but yeah, he 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 that, that was not anywhere close to his strengths. And right. and just so. and just a month ago at Long Beach, he broke a bone in his hand. He has a he has, he has pins and screws in his hand now on his right hand. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's I mean it's been difficult. He'll he'll admit as much, but he he's just such a natural in the ovals. It was right away at, at Texas, so it's like oh, so of course he's going to translate well at Indy. So um, no, I I think he he definitely has a chance. Like I said, all the Ganassi cars have crushed it all month long. They came ready to drop the hammer to borrow the title of your podcast. They, they came ready to show up. Um, and the Hondas in general have it. There's a couple Chevys that are doing okay, like Renus VK and Ed Carpenter, but the Carpenter cars always qualify well every year. Mm. And they drop, then they drop the green flag and you never hear from them. You okay. just don't. All right, cool. um, Hold on one second. I gotta, I gotta unplug all my adapter stuff. Stu <sighs> 
Hold on a second. No, you're fine. Yeah, my so there's something wrong with the port when it comes to charging stuff. Like I my adapter, I plug in the power cord into the adapter and it doesn't charge. So oh, no. I get like an hour maybe. How long have we been doing this? So um but yeah. All right. So where were we? Okay. Um so where where do you put Johnson? Where is he finishing Sunday? And 500 miles is so long, and this race can be so gimmicky at times, depending on what happens in terms of cautions and stuff. I will, it's not a, I, I could definitely see him coming in top 10. Like that, that would Kurt not, Bush that would not never got set foot in the car. He finished sixth. Yes. So and that was also Johnson's been in this, doing this for a year and a half now. Yes. But also, so, that was back when Kurt Bush was driving the car where you could just pass all day because that was the high downforce car. It's a different package. Um, and as good as he is, I mean, he's still in a field of IndyCar drivers who have done this for their entire career. So um, I, I, I will say a top 10. I will say a top 10 for him. Um, and if, if he, that's what I'll say. I'll say top 10. The, 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 the veteran rookie that I'm concerned about is Groshawn, the former Formula One driver. Um, he starts ninth. He qualified well. He was the only Andretti car that did well. The rest of the Andretti car, Andretti cars totally flopped. They missed their mark really bad on, during qualifications. But there have been several instances in practice where he's almost put it in the wall. I think it was fat, was it Friday? It might have been Friday or Thursday, where there was at least four or five instances where Groshan got too low in two or didn't go low enough in two and almost came out hitting the wall. And Michael Andretti's on his pit box. Andretti got on the got on the radio and said, "Come to pit lane. We need to talk about stuff." And Groshan was just very frustrated. Said, "I don't want to come to pit lane. I, want, I don't want to talk. I want to learn." It's like you're about to cost the team a half a million dollar mistake. Come to pit road. Calm down. Um, you know, there's. I know that we 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 talked about this over text. You know, there's so much more to this race than just going fast and turning left. Like you're going very fast. You have to hit your mark. You have to hit your mark within like a couple inches going that fast or else, or else the turn is washed and you've got to let up or else you're going to wind up in the wall. Um, it's an incredible amount of accuracy that these drivers are demonstrating. Um, I'm more concerned because we, we, I've seen more, Johnson's had his moments too, but I've seen much more out of Groshan than I have of Johnson. And Groshan's the, the open wheel guy. I know that Formula One never does high bank, never does any sort of banked oval racing or any sort of banked turns at all. Um, but that's, if, if, if something happens to Groshan, I would not be surprised. Um, like I said, my favorite's Dixon. Let me give you a dark horse. Let me give you a dark horse. Um, I know he won the road course race, but is, he starts 25th. Is it weird calling Colton Herter a dark horse? No, I mean, I mean, he just he he starts he's so far. Golden boy for IndyCar right now, like they're they're trying to usher him out of out to F one. So. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I, if he was starting up front, I obviously wouldn't call him a dark horse. But like he's starting twenty fifth. He's in row nine. I would probably say that's my dark horse. Um, obviously, my heart's with Simon Pagano. It's a homie. This is my eleventh year cheering for that man. That's my that's my guy. Um, when he won in 2019, that was the best day of my life as a race fan. That was incredible. Um, so, but yeah, that's my that's my 500 rundown in so many words. Any other questions for me? <laughs> I 
<laughs> um, actually, I'm rooting for the story. I want Jimmy Johnson to go out and just like kick everyone's butt. Oh, I'd love it. I would oh, absolutely like, love it. There was there was some there were some people next to me on the second day of qualifying that were like talking about how they didn't want him to win, they didn't want him to do well. It's like why not? Like it would be historic to see that, and I want to be there when that happens. Same thing when Elio Castroneves won his fourth want, race. If you want, if you want the results of the Indy 500 to reverberate as far and wide as you can, you want Jimmy Johnson to win that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. For, for sure. Absolutely. It'd be a great story. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always cheering for historic moments, especially at this race, because for my money, it's the best race in the world. Um, like when Alonzo was trying to do the triple crown, obviously I'm cheering for that. I'm there in person. I want to see it. No one's done it since the sixties. It's only one guy. Like I want to see it happen. So um, I'm always cheering for history. Love cheering Jimmy Johnson on all the way. Genuinely hope he has a good day. It's, it's such a, for, for me, it's such, such a change because I remember when Johnson was a few laps away from like either winning his second or third breakyard. I just, I remember Bill Weber, like just playing up the moment, like in such a way where he, the way he was describing Jimmy Johnson's story, like, like him winning the breakyard 400 for like the third time was like, a miracle or something. I was like, shut <laughs> up. Like, who he's done it already. Yeah. Now I'm like, do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm all the way there for it. Um, he starts in starts in 12th, but he's got a fast car. He's only in 12th because of the first turn incident. He he drove his ass off the rest of that qualifying turn. Um, if his if his first lap is about the same average as his other laps, he's probably starting around seventh or ninth somewhere up in there so um like i said yeah. chip ganassi's dropped the hammer all month i would be if, if it's i think it's going to be a chip ganassi driver I, my money's on scott dixon but again 500 miles is a long way and we've seen some fluky things happen here so i don't know if anyone's asked johnson this but i, I would like to know like okay you he himself has had a lot of laps around that track mm -hmm. car's done an indy car but there is there anything from his time in the Brickyard 400 or around that track that has helped him this this month there, there has to be at least one thing i would assume i would assume there's one too i, I I'm, I'm sure he's been asked that a million times i just haven't seen or heard an answer yeah. in that regard but you you would think you would think that that experience has to help in some regard but again like these cars are just completely foreign to each other so it's it's hard it's hard to say so um i I'll give you a driver who I'm not cheering for. Uh, Marco Andretti. Nope. Not cheering oh, for Marco. come on. Nope. 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 What do you do to you? I've, I've, I've never liked the Andrettis. I like Mario. Don't like Michael. Don't like Mario. Uh, I'm sorry. Don't like Marco. Um, no bueno. I like Alexander Rossi. I hate that he drives for Michael Andretti. I like Herta. I hate that he drives for Michael Andretti. Uh, I was so happy for Sato when he won the Indy 500 in 2017. I hated that he won it for Michael Andretti. Um, I just I don't don't like either of them. I and Marco. What did, what did they do to you? What did what? Oh, they're just they're they're just so smug, incredibly smug, incredibly self righteous. I mean, Michael Michael Andretti has he was the like the best IndyCar driver of the nineties, like or early nineties. So how many Indy five hundreds did he win? Hey, he. he <laughs> I know you. I, I know. I know you can close, and I know he had a very successful career. I'm not trying to like say that like this race, like, like 
that's a thing you got to talk about. And when the split happened in the nineties, he like totally downplayed this race. Like, ah, it's just another race on schedule. And then when he, and then when unification comes back, he's like, oh, you just don't know what this place means to me and my family. It's like, shut up, shut up. I just can't, but he just has such a punchable face. Okay. An, an incredibly punchable face. And Marco, one time I was covering the race for media and just so rude, so short. Um, I had no time for anybody. Like, look, <laughs> like, <clears throat> and I was doing a story on uh, why there were fewer women at the Indy 500. This is 2014. Why there were fewer women in the race than that there was just one woman driver that year is Pippa Man. And like, we'd have like three or four, sometimes even five women drivers in the field um, in one year. Five? Maybe I'm maybe four. I don't know if it was five. I have to go back and check. I, this I, was I, I would I think I would remember a five. But there was one year where it was like, there was one year where it was like Pippa Man, Milka Duno, Danica, no, Dan, Danica had been gone at that point. Ana Beatrice, Simone Di Silvestro. So there's four. So there's four. Either way, there were four women in, in 2013 or multiple women. And then in 2014, there's one woman. And she's only the only one doing IndyCar full time. Um, and so I was just trying to ask other drivers about their thoughts on that. And I, I asked Marco that question. And he was like, to be honest, I don't care. And he just moved on. He just walked away from me. I was like, okay. Thanks. <laughs> cool. I mean, doesn't care. I mean, it's that's a valid. I mean, but it was. But it, I mean, I, I mean, I, I would. I also would want a better answer. But yes. Yeah. Like, it's just if, like, if, thanks, buddy. Cool. Yeah. Great. <laughs> but like, but like, you, even if you just don't care, like, just like, give, just give a BS answer or something. Don't just be like, hey man, I just don't care, and walk away. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's completely. It's, I don't know. I don't. Like when he won pole in 2020 and then didn't lead a single lap after that, I was so happy. I don't wish him. I don't wish him ill will. I don't want him to get hurt or anything. That's stupid. But like, I just don't want him to win any car races. I thought it was. So. I, dude, I thought it was so cool when he won the SRX race at Slinger last year. I thought that was just cool. I mean, yeah, good for him. Uh, if his name was Marco, the la- trip riddle me this, uh, Batman. Um, when was the last Marco Andretti IndyCar win? Uh, wait, Iowa. <laughs> Yeah, what year? What year? 2011? Yeah, 2011. That was that was Barack Obama's first term as president. That's how long ago that was. 2011. If his name was Marcos... If his name was Marcos Smith... If an Andretti is winning, it's like, it's like a NASCAR. If an Arnhardter is winning, it's good for the sport. So. If Mark, if Marco Andretti's name was Marco Smith, he would have been out of the sport years oh, yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. Years ago. Yeah. Um, it just and the reason why he look when he dropped out of IndyCar full time, the whole reason was like I just need to focus on other things. It was because he didn't have sponsorship. Because in IndyCar, if you make the first twenty two, the first twenty two spots in the points, you're guaranteed a million dollar bonus. He came in twenty third. Marco Andretti came in twenty third place in points. And he missed the million dollar bonus. And that money goes a long way towards funding your ride for the next year. His name, he, his last name is Andretti. Mm. Like team, like people, like sponsors used to like, just like, like M- Michael and Mark Andretti used to have the best sponsors in any car. And then they just, the well dried up because he just, it was, it was more than 10 years. It was 10 years of not winning anything. And if it's like, you know, <laughs> Simon Pagano won the Indy 500 two years ago and then gets dumped by Penske. <laughs> and he came in like, like fifth or sixth in the point standings. Like, come on now. Come I, I, Not to make that, sorry to make that a tangent. I just don't, 
I do not cheer for the Andretti's. I, Mario's cool. The rest of the family, I absolutely do not care. And if Mark Lever has a, has a kid that runs IndyCar, I will not cheer for them either. Maybe unless he's cool. You, I mean, you if, must if he, if, like if, you're, if, you're if, not even. If he or she, you're already she, giving a kid who hasn't been born. If he or like, she is cool, then sure, maybe I'll change my mind. But like, nope, sorry. And this ends the Indy 500 special for driving a hammer. <laughs> so, so, I said in turn one, if you listen to this podcast uh, and you're going to be at the race, I said in turn one, if you see, I'll be decked out wearing pink stuff for Pagano. Um, if you see me, come say hi. And we can talk about our, we can talk. Hey, I, I also made a friend this weekend. Uh, I, we, I, made a, I made a friend this weekend over my shared disdain for Ed Carpenter. That was cool. So. Oh, you have a disdain for Ed Carpenter too. Okay. <laughs> I just don't see, real quick, real quick, and then we'll move on. I don't see how Ed Carpenter winning the 500 grows the sport. I know it's a good story locally because he's from Noblesville, local kid, winning the local race, yada, yada. I get it. On paper, it's a good story. But it does not, it does not move the needle for the sport in any way shape or form it just does it it does locally but in terms of make, of drawing more eyes to tv like if ed carpenter wins the 500 and puts on a hell of a show and some little kid wants to watch the next ed carpenter race they have to wait till like iowa or st louis mm-hmm. like a few months in the schedule like it's yeah. not good for the sport it's not Where, where's so, jr hildebrand starting jr hildebrand is starting uh 17th row six for a one-off shot at aj foyt that's really good the foyt cars um have done pretty well this year. Kirkwood had qualified 28th, but he's been fast in race trim. Um, also, shout out to Dale Coyne Racing. Uh, Takuma Sato starts 10th. David Maluka starts 13th. That's another very small, underfunded team. But no matter who they, who, no matter who drives for them every year, they always seem to punch up their weight. So they know what they're doing over there. So I, I want to see Jr. Hildebrand redeem himself for 2011 or 2011. 2011. I. I, I like heard this. That, that's the I most heart crushing, soul crushing. I heard a story. Of this I heard a story. You want to hear it? Okay. I just heard it over the weekend. So obviously the 2011 race when he hits the wall, last lap, last turn because there's a lap car in front of him, so he goes high, too high. Momentum carries him into the wall. I heard, who knows if this is true or not, but I heard that his spotter was celebrating prematurely. And had his headset off and was celebrating up on the spotter stand and didn't tell him that, that Charlie Kimball was in the way because he had that field lapped like he was it, like he had that he was in the lead by like a quarter of a lap if not a half a lap like there was no there was no one behind him to worry about and the spotter just didn't see apparently the spotter was celebrating had his headphones off and was just sort of up there uh you know Drinking the champagne before, you know, counting his, counting his uh, eggs before, counting the roosters before the hash, I guess. But um, this, this week on Dropping the Hammers, Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> but like, who knows? Who uh, knows? I, I, but, but still, anyway, regardless if that's true or not. <laughs> yes, general sentiment is shared. I, I always. Soul, that soul crushing finish, which, if you, like, if Dan Weldon is just a little bit farther back, Hildebrand coasts across the line with a red car and wins. Yeah. Like, I mean, if that had happened. Yeah. Wow. And, and, you know, give credit to Hildebrand. He's always carried himself very amicably about it. He, whenever it's brought up in interviews, he doesn't like shy away from it. Um, and he's a super smart, personable guy. Uh, have you ever seen him get interviewed on broadcast? I interviewed him once as oh, well. I, he's a good, he, he, he's had some good like Twitter threads that I thought yes. were, were, were really insightful. 
highly yeah. insightful, highly intelligent. Him and Dalton, and Dalton Kellett too. Like I know he drives for Foyt and is always in the back, but like he's really, really smart. Super smart guy. Always has really smart things to say about the sport. Um, he's worth the follow on Twitter as well. But um, that's your um, that's your Indy 500 thing. Oh, Alexander Rossi's not coming back to Andretti next year. Do you hear about that? I think, I think that that's been the general sentiment that he's well, be, not not happy. Well, because he signed a new contract. Like he said, I've signed a new contract, but he didn't say where. It's like if it was Andretti, he would just say Andretti. So mm. I think I think he's going to go drive for McLaren. So the bigger question is, does he take uh, Felix Rosenquist ride or is it going to be a third a third ride? So we'll see. We shall see. So that, so that ends. That ends, yes. Indianapolis 500 special for driving the hammer. So turning to our this podcast main concern, though we'll probably be talking about this less than the Indy 500. Um, the Coke 600. Long yeah, because Indy 500's way cooler than the Coke 600, at least the last couple of years. Last oh, several years. It's been, it, so I wrote a column this week at <laughs> Presters.com uh, basically asking, you know, will can the next gen car revive the Coke 600? Because this ever since this... Charlotte Motor Speedway was repaved in 2006, and shortly after, the Car of Tomorrow was introduced, and we've gotten multiple multiple iterations of rules packages since then, um, and a, a track surface that has just refused to age. Like, the, Charlotte, I don't know what they did when they poured that asphalt at Charlotte Motor Speedway, but it does not want to age a day. It, 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 it's just... It was Botox. There's lots it, of Botox. <laughs> but <laughs> since, like, the last decade, we, we, we've seen them try multiple tire compounds for the All-Star race in order to spruce things up. Didn't work. Um, they've tried PJ1 in the turns. Moderately worked maybe which is how which is how pj1 seems to go everywhere they put it they put it down like yeah it's there except for pocono bristol i think it's worked at bristol um that's that's really it those are really the pocono and bristol are really cool 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 cool, cool. yeah (laughs) resin at nashville and that seems um but they've thrown everything at at it races at Charlotte Motor Speedway, hasn't worked. It in the end, it resulted in the fall race turning into to a road course race on the Roval, which, which is a much better show. That, yes, it's been a great, great sh- race to watch. But Coke Six Hundred, they they threw the the five fifty horsepower, high downforce, low horsepower. What have we gotten, John? We we we've gotten Martin Truex Jr. like leading 392 laps mm-hmm. last week last year we got martin or kyle larson leading three quarters of the race pretty much yes. Yes. every stage kyle bush did that three years ago the coke 600 has not been a watchable race no literally the last highlight of the coke 600 i can think of was 2011 when delahar jr runs out of gas in turn four Yep. And Kevin Harvick wins. That was the last time I can think of the National Guard. The National Guard yes. car almost won the yes. 500 and the 600, and they both lost on the last turn. They're yes. just like they're just like a mile away, like a quarter mile away from <laughs> winning both those races. So. That was a yeah. I would 
I would love to, to, to do a story on like, what, what were things like in the National Guard's headquarters that day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, that, that's one of those oddities. That's one of those sports oddities where you cannot write that and it happened. But that again, like that's the last highlight that I can think of when mm-hmm. it comes to Coke 600 is Dale Earnhardt Jr. running out of gas. But it's yeah. sold out. I, I read where the grandstand seating for this year's race sold out, which I, amaz- I, which which amazes me. I, yeah, I saw it on Twitter. I forget who it was, but it was like a reputable like NASCAR reporter said that they, Charlotte Charlotte anyway. The track reported that all grandstand seats were sold. Who knows how many they've covered <laughs> or how many or how many they've taken out? You know, taken out. But like, look but now 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 you get now you get drink stands or whatever yeah um, but hey look if it's sold out they sold all the tickets they need to sell cool i don't that that perplexes me because as you've said it's not been a good race for a very long time despite all of their efforts and energy it's just not worked out but there's, um, hope, but there's hope now in the next gen car <laughs> um the charlotte Moore speedway this is the track that this car has had the most action on so far thanks yeah. to off-season testing and it, this car proved somewhat unpredictable we saw a ton of one-car spins uh, coming out of turn four. Turn four could be Calamity Corner again. Uh, or I don't know about again, but it, it could become Calamity Corner. Right. Um, we, we've, we've seen this car do weird things. That, there will uh, at least like, be drama. Yeah. Like, Hopefully. Can, can, this car is not glued to the ground. They're, they're gonna, there's going to be off-throttle time. I mean, I t- in my column, you know, I, I interviewed uh, two crew chiefs, uh, Tyler Reddick's crew chief, Randall Burnett, and Ty Dillon's crew chief, uh, Jeremy Donnelly. And uh, Randall Burnett said, like, we, we've seen tire fall off at, at these mile and a half tracks, and that should lead to comers and goers and stuff. I'm like, I'd like comers and goers. This, this race definitely needs comers and goers. Yes, yes. Especially, like, all races, but especially a 600-mile slog. Yes, please. And just like, look, look how chaotic. Or again, you, you didn't watch Kansas. Kansas was chaotic. Again, mostly from from you know teams overdoing it on tire pressures, but it's still it's like we don't know what we're gonna get. Um, and you can't. When was the last time you could say that about the Coke Six Hundred? We I don't know what's gonna happen. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's Pandora's box right now. Like, right. I mean, we could get to the end of stage two. It's like, oh, great. More of the same. Yeah. Yeah. But right now. <laughs> like that like that SpongeBob meme, meme where it's just plankton, like, oh, holographic meatloaf again. Like, oh, Kyle Larson sweeping the stages again. I don't, I don't think we're going to see someone sweeping the stages. I genuinely not, hope not. not. Not with that. That that really happened as a result of that package. It like you, you could get up to the, the guy's bumper maybe, and you just had no chance. You just right. it just wasn't gonna happen. But that hasn't been happening on the mile and a half this year. You know, taking Atlanta out of the equation. Yeah. Um, like I don't know if you went back and watched the end of the Kansas race. No, and what, I haven't seen any. I've seen clips, but I haven't seen like chunks of the race at all. So go go back and watch the finish. Kurt Busch, uh, just took Kyle Larson to school um and took the lead with eight laps to go and you just would not have seen that on any mile and a half outside of homestead you would not have seen that in the last like six years yeah um it was incredible so that 
like Kansas in general has been one of the better mountain halves over the last few years, even with the previous package. You could make get a decent race out of it, but not the way we saw it a few weeks ago. Um, so I, it's it's given me hope that a crown jewel race that's a significant part of NASCAR history, a track that's very important to the sport, it's in its backyard, can rise to the occasion and give us something to talk about that's not a window net situation. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll just kind of reiterate what I said after the Martinsville race which was a flop I, I want all these races to be good I hope <laughs> you know I it, even the all-star race when I started watching it I, I I tuned in specifically because of the next gen car I didn't I you know I I, I wasn't uh Pollyanna about it I assumed that it wasn't going to be necessarily that good of a race um but I want every race to be good especially the Coke 600 you know it's one of the marquee races of the sport it's a big weekend for motorsports in general with the 500 monaco like i want the whole day to be full of good racing in the last couple of years um i basically just rewatched the indy 500 broadcast because here in indy because here here in indy they black out the race so they'll yeah. rebroadcast it after the race at night so i'll just rewatch the indy 500 walk and i'll just like during commercial breaks i'll just go back and see how the coke 600 is doing like oh tricks is ahead by four seconds still okay cool and then just move on um i want it to be a good race i hope it's a good race um, I have I have optimism that it is going to be a good race based on again what the teams have been saying what these crew chiefs have been saying um, and just again just given what this car has by and large done across the board all these other tracks uh, it's revitalized a lot of tracks and races that used to just kind of seem ho hum at the at best. Um, no, for, for the last decade the Coke 600 has just felt like this obligatory. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right, cool. Um, let's do it. Let's get it over with. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like, I, I think I, I would, I want the Coke 600 to be the Coke 600. It's, I want this longest night of the night of the year thing that I think that should still be part of the sport. Um, but there's been just so many things working against it for the last decade. Um, like I said, car tomorrow, multiple other rules packages, a track that doesn't age. Um, and we finally, finally get a car that feels designed to be unpredictable um so that's my hope uh who's gonna win for the fords the pensy crew was were good in texas but that's texas and that was a much shorter event mm -hmm. so i don't really think you can give much credence to that um Man, I, I I just feel like picking Tyler Raddick until he wins. That's just like hey, like, that's totally fair. Um, I'm just gonna be boring and pick Ryan Blaney until he wins. Like that's what I've done the last couple of times I've been on this show. Um, and again, like you said, the Fords did really well at Texas. I know Texas is Texas and Charlotte is Charlotte, but I think he's what like in the overall points he's what second. Like he's got. He has four top five, six top tens, only one DNF. Like he's putting in the result. He's putting in yeah. the work. Just that ultimate result hasn't been there yet. It's going to come eventually. I'm going to be right eventually. Uh, you're going to be right eventually too with Reddick. Um, why not this week? I'm going to stick with Blaney until he wins. Um, if it's not Blaney, I'll say Truex. He almost won Vegas. Um, that's really the closest he's been. Um, so, but no, he, 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 he knows his way around there, but 
that was like again largely his success came under the, the high down force low down the high down force low, low force power package so it'll be interesting to see if that 19 team still has the same their same mojo with this right um because actually i mean i i, I talked to truex at kansas speed when i when i asked him like the importance of this race putting on a good race with this car and he's like the gist of what he said is like and we're, we're that one of the things we're concerned concerned about is like are we still going to be good at the stuff we used to be good at mm-hmm. um and like each week we're it's it's a new adventure um kyle larson isn't he kyle larson won an auto club but he's not out there leading hundreds of laps like he was last year under that rules package yes I think in hindsight, we can all say like he benefited greatly from that package. Yeah. Um, so he, he's leading like 20, 20 to 40 laps maybe in a race at any given time, but he's not, he's not burning it down like he was. Mm-hmm. Um, could this, could all this change by three quarters of the way through the year by the time we get to playoffs? Sure. But like right now, the guys who are the, the biggest threats are William Byron, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick. And Tyler Reddick hasn't even won a race yet. Uh, of the current playoff point standings, there's three drivers currently in the playoffs who haven't won a race. Christopher Bell, Kevin Harvick, Eric Almarola. Do, do, do they all win a race and get in? Bell, I think, can. Um, I think. Harvick being Harvick, you, you can't throw him out. Right. You can't disregard him. Almarola. Like he's he had a great start to the year when it came yeah. to like consecutive top tens and all that. But hey, he he snuck one out in Loudon last year. Yeah, he did. And he's good at he's good at restrictor plate races in the last race of the year is Daytona. So at least for the regular season, excuse me. Um, but if that if that happens, if Bell Harvick and Amarola all win races, then we're gonna be in a situation. The reason I ask is because then we're in a situation where we could definitely have more than uh uh, Truex Jr. and uh, Truex Jr. and Blaney are also in there, but we assume yeah, they, yeah, they haven't won. They haven't so if those five drivers all win a race, and it's 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 likely that it could happen. Of those five, I would say Almarola is the least likely. But if it happens, and we're at the situation where hey, we've got more winners than playoff spots. I think we're we're, we're definitely getting to sixteen. Like I'd be like right now going to the Coke six hundred, I will be shocked if we don't get sixteen winners. 17? Eh. But 16, I think we're getting there. Um, it, it, it seems just, like we're headed that way. Because here are drivers on the cusp. Austin Dillon, he won last year. He won again this year. Reddick seems like his time's coming. Uh, Eric Jones, <laughs> you know, he's in 17th. No, the points, but he runs well. He's on a much better pace than it was a year ago. Yeah. Like, he's, absolutely. Like, it, it took until the Indy Road course for him to get top three, number four. Or three. One of those. So they're like, he, he can do it. Like, yep. if they take the same car they had at Auto Club to Michigan, watch out. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then you look at Suarez, who's feast or famine right now this year. If he's not in the top 10, he's crashing or he's back in the back with mechanical issues or whatever. But, um, you know, he could win a race just based, based off the strong runs he's had. Um, Bubba Wallace is currently 22nd, but who knows? He could sneak one at Daytona. He was half a car length away from the 500. Or Atlanta, exactly. Or, Michi- um, or Michigan. Yeah. So um, that's not even that's not even you know including guys like uh, 
you know, Stenhouse, he's good at restrictor plate races. Cole Custer snuck one out of Kentucky, could sneak one out again. I mean, you know, it's, it could happen. And Cole, it, it Cole doesn't, seem... doesn't, doesn't have the front running anywhere close to front running speed right now. He, no, he doesn't. He's but hey, not a contender. So, I, um, see. No, like, no, no, none of Stuart Haas racing has won yet. No, no. So, so there's four. So, like, there's well, Briscoe, just... Briscoe, Briscoe won. Oh, wait, yeah, right, right. My apologies, Chase. My, my touch. So, yes, yes, he has one. So, you got, you got three more on that team. So, and Briscoe's probably been the best driver this year, just across the board, is he not? Like, not, not like taking away the win, just looking at like their performance on the whole as an aggregate. Like, he's probably been the uh, best, is he not? I need, I need to look, but I, I mean, don't... I need to look, I need to look deeper into it too, but it, it feels right when I say it. And that's that's how that's how things work nowadays. You don't have to prove anything with stats. You just have to you just have to say it with confidence. A lot of people, um, a lot of people are saying, John. <laughs> that's 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 all being an attorney is. I, I got sworn in as an attorney last week. Now I can just say things with confidence. You're like, oh, well, you must be right. Um, okay, yeah, I think that's all. I, I don't have anything else left to talk about. Do you? So, man, this is a, this is a big week. Uh, yes, two, we're two days away from Top Gun two. <laughs> I will be saying that. I had, years later, I had never seen the first one till a couple of days ago. So, till to, to when? A couple of days ago, it had been on my radar, bro. The last several years of my life has been heavily regimented by work and school. So forgive me. And before that, I was also very busy with other stuff. Um, okay, so yeah, I, give me John, John's, John's law review. <laughs> It's definitely uh, a product of its era. Yes. Um, yes. It's in all the best ways. It, yes, it's very, it's very. Um, I, you can see for its time, like why it was such a hit. You watch it now; it's definitely a relic of its era. It's very like it's like primo '80s cheese in a lot of fun ways. Um, I really wish Val Kilmer was didn't have health issues and was able to be in this next one. Um, he is in it. I've, I've seen. Is he really in it? He's in it. Okay, cool. But he's in like a major way, or is he just? Like a he has a scene with Tom Cruise because I read something on like Variety or something that when they 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 premiered this at cons or cans cons, and they said like when Val Kilmer showed up in a scene with Tom Cruise, they went nuts. Okay. So the he, the American I, I, way. Like, the whole speaking thing. I'm yes. Like, what's he? What's he gonna do? The American like, way is cans. The French way is cons. <laughs> so i don't know um no I, I genuinely enjoyed it um i only I, I only i finally got into watching it because like the previews for this one looked really good and like the previews for this it looks like a whole different movie just in terms of tone um and approach it looks like it doesn't look like it's campy at all um, or tongue-in-cheek at all it that, looks that like was, there's that was, kind of, that was like kind of my concern about it it was like i don't want this movie to forget what made the first one fun and appealing but i also don't want them to just like redo it um you know say what you want about tom cruise's religious beliefs or whatever i personally don't care but say what you want about his persona and his beliefs the man knows how to make an action movie sing and the last the last like the last mission impossible he did the whole helicopter mountaintop like fight scene just I'm doing, you can't see it because I'm, but Daniel can, I'm just doing the, like the violin. Just, it was just music. It was perfect. It was so good. Um, so yeah, I'm there, I'm there for it. Um, but I will not be seeing. One of the best, one of the best stories I've written, I've read about the new Top Gun was, was a uh, uh, Top Gun fans review of it. I think he, 
Mike Ryan, I think it's Mike Ryan, he writes for USA Today, uh, he said, like, like there, there's valid criticisms that you can make about Top Gun, but they don't matter because it's, <laughs> it's Top Gun. Like, it's, like, it's, it is its own animal. It's just, like, there, there are four major strings in my pop culture DNA. Star Wars, Star Trek, Quantum Leap, Top Gun. So, Th- th- this is i've been waiting for this movie for literally my entire life <laughs> so you know, I, 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 and p- people who aren't actually fans of the first movie are saying that this movie is incredible like it's, yeah i'm i'm sure it's and that's like part of me is like scared of that like mm, i don't know but i just i'm excited i'm seeing an imax thursday night hell so. yeah I will not be seeing it on opening night because I'm going to be the best uncle in the entire world and I'm taking my nieces to go see the Bob's Burgers movie, so which I'm also very excited for. So I love, I, I, I'm a big fan of that show. I kind of fell out off the wagon with watching that new episodes just because of, again, law school, just owning my life. Um, I'll probably do a deep dive after the show, after the movie, but um, very excited for the Bob's Burgers movie. So in, in, in a very, it's fun. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun show. It's definitely... Um, its own it's definitely its own thing um, it t- for me it took a couple it took like till the second season for things to click with me but it's it's a very fun show um, the movie is getting is getting good reviews and they're saying it's basically just like a longer episode of the show which is all it needs to be they're saying it's very fun but my nieces uh, who were in uh, like one just graduated high school the other is like a sophomore in high school like they're just they they just want to see this movie and, like I don't get about movies based on like cartoon like there's been two simpson movies right one one just one okay one is like what like what warranted like a movie that's that's what I, like what what are you doing differently with 90 minutes and maybe a slightly bigger budget yeah much bigger budget <laughs> I, like i just like what you're just you're just telling a longer story that you otherwise couldn't tell in in 22 minutes so if, you, if the story's good enough, why not? Airing tonight so. on Fox, a special 90-minute episode of Bob's Burgers. Like, I mean, come on. Um, Technically, it's an hour and 42 minutes. Nah, this movie's going to be fun. But uh, Top Gun is definitely on the priority. There was an, a, a preview tonight in Greenwood, a, a suburb on the south side of Indy. And I thought about seeing, but I was like, nah, I can't cancel. I already made plans for dropping the hammer I, I gotta i gotta be a part of that hey we tie it all back together because tom cruise and days of thunder tom cruise tom, that's called synergy folks that's how you do it days of thunder is an unofficial spiritual sequel to days of thunder yes <laughs> top yes. gun top gun yes so uh i will same lead will, actor Lots i'll see it this weekend and maybe we can talk about it so i'm all for that so but then then friday star wars obi-wan kenobi oh yeah hour episode premiere I've been waiting I... 17 years for this. Do I need to watch any of the other series, like Mandalorian or anything? Come on, John. What? No, do I? No, just to understand Kenobi. Oh, oh wait, oh, do, do you? Oh, I, oh I, thought, I thought you were asking me if I'd watched them. I was like, no, 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 no. Do I need to watch them to understand Kenobi? No. Okay, cool. I, I would hope not. Cool. But, um, so you haven't watched Mandalorian? Okay. I watched the first, like, three episodes of Mandalorian, and then I stopped watching Right. Although I saw that Kenobi's going up against Stranger Things, and I hope Kenobi just crushes Stranger Things. I loved the first season. I hated the second season so much that like I retroactively didn't like the first season. I didn't even watch the third season. Second season was so bad. So, so bad. So 
I, there, there, there are things about the second season I really liked. I, I enjoyed the third season because Hopper turned into uh, Magnum P.I. <laughs> oh, okay. See, like, I like his character. I like his character. I like, I, I love Winona Ryder, but, like, the second season, I just, like, halfway through, I was like, oh, this is, this is not working. The best thing about the second season was that they, they took uh, the, the, the boyfriend character who was kind of sort of this villain and then turned him into a really, really cool character and fun and redeemed him in many ways and then that carried over in the third season that that was like one of the coolest i've never that was one of the few things i've I've never seen in in like a series is like taking a completely unlikable character and just like completely flipping it in a way just well because they killed off bard spoiler alert they were just like oh no (laughs) we need to have another likable character we just randomly killed off this one character that everybody liked like two episodes I know we just killed off this other character, but people like people like that, that that character. I remember like first time like like when that show first came out, like that was like the big like thing it was like oh is she really dead? Like oh yeah, she, like like because people love that character. It's like I, well, I I had a bookmark. It's I might still have it. That's just Barb and it says never forget. Oh, <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, I think movie talk aside, I think and, and racing talk aside, I think we're finally done, sir. Yeah, we are. Go, so off John, the, go off where, into the danger where zone. They, where can they find you? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, my handle is the same. It's at John Law Filet, J-O-N-L-A-W-F-I-L-E-T. Or just follow Daniel and he'll just tag me when he posts the episode. So. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan McFadden. Email me at or McFadden at gmail.com, all one word. Um, read my stuff at friendships.com. Also, I, I write for Speedsport. Like I'll be writing there for the next two days. So, but um, none, 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 none of that matters this week. All, all that matters is Top Gun and Star Wars. And the Indy 500. I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, there's an Indy 500 every year. I've been waiting 17 years for Kenobi in my entire life for Top Gun 2. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll plug one thing. I have a music criticism Twitter account called at Soundround Music, where every day, Monday through Friday, I review a record in 140 characters or less or 180 whatever the number is now you get you need to do an album of the day you need you need need to utilize that vast collection behind you in some some way i do have a it's i it's the the same handle at sound around music but it's on instagram and i do show my record collection on there although i haven't updated it in like more than six months but it's fun check it out if you want to if not no no big deal all right well this has been dropping the hammer down with Ben. We had a lot to talk about, especially about a race that didn't matter. <laughs> and um, we got the Coke 600. I hope, I just, I hope it's good. Um, because that, after, after, after that, if it's not, okay, fine, whatever. We put Coke 600, it, Indy 500. We got, we got, we got St. Louis, inaugural race in St. Louis next weekend. I will be at that race as a fan. Oh. I have, I will have no professional obligations. <laughs> uh so i will be in the grandstands with a friend of mine from college screaming my head off for the drivers that i scream my head off for when i'm i have no professional obligations coke 600 indy 500 kenobi top gun bob's burgers same thing we just hope it's all good and we hope you all enjoy it this this, this is a big week man summer's starting man summer's here and that's how we're ending it Thank you for listening. Talk to you guys later.